Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Love Rules. Today's message is Back from the Brink. We're going to read from the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, the first through the third verses, and then the ninth through the fifteenth verses. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And then verse 9, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for forty days, and he was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. You know, a great deal of this spiritual journey that we're on takes us on what I call the turnaround road. Boston, of course, is known for the rotary, but our faith is focused on the turnaround. According to the Bible, no matter what we are going through right now, no matter how hard it is right now, Jesus promises us a turnaround where breakdown can turn into breakthrough, where setbacks can turn to comebacks, where death turns to life. Yes, this Christian journey is a journey up the turnaround road. And today's text offers us some direction on how to get on that road. From the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, you get a sense of movement, that where you start is not where you're going to end. Mark is not a writer who lingers. He lines up this first chapter, presenting a rapid succession of vivid pictures of Jesus as a man of action, always on the move from his baptism in the River Jordan, into the desert where he's tempted by Satan, straight up the road to the province of Galilee where he begins his ministry. There is a subtle but clear sense of urgency in the way that Mark paces this story. Urgent is defined as requiring immediate action or attention. As Christians, we sometimes overlook the urgency of Jesus' mission and his call. While our faith is focused on the future, sure it is, the promises of God, yes, we are focused on all of that, we are also called to the right now. And that is what John the Baptist is saying here. Prepare, get ready. I don't know about you, but anytime I come across John the Baptist, I want to run because John is one of those people who makes you feel uncomfortable. You know the kind, the one that I'd say has been in the desert maybe an hour too long. He dresses weirdly while the other preachers are wearing fine robes and driving big cars. John prefers clothing made of camel hair. He has a strange diet. 
locusts and wild honey. He doesn't like the macaroni and cheese. He lives alone. He doesn't get along with the rest of the religious leaders. He calls them broods of of vipers. And his sermons? Oh, my goodness. John the Baptist did not graduate from the school of how to win friends and influence people. Bear good fruit or be thrown into the fire. That's what he says with his blazing eyes and his long fingers stabbed into our face. He's always judging us. Of all the people we invite to the party, don't put John on the list. He is the ultimate party pooper. You know, contemporary Christianity doesn't cover a lot about judgment. Quite frankly, many of us are uncomfortable with the concept of guilt and sin. What's the good news about my taking so much personal responsibility for my action? When you see John the Baptist in the story, look out, because this is going to get deep and hard. John plays the role of some kind of grim tour guide, proclaiming, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Get ready, John says. We are about to go somewhere. Now, of course, John is quoting the prophet Isaiah, whose words refer to the restoration of God's people after the exile. Isaiah preaches that the nation of Israel will be restored and the people need to get ready because they're not ready. And Isaiah says every mountain and hill will be brought down. There's the judgment. The greedy, the arrogant, the selfish will be made humble. And then he says every valley will be raised up. Those who are on the bottom are going to go to the top. Change is coming. God is going to take care of it all. And now, hundreds of years later, John the Baptist gives the same message. This is a particularly important message to the people in this region of Israel where Jesus begins his ministry. These are the descendants of the exiles. Capernaum was one of the first towns founded when the Jews returned from the exile in Babylon. This land, which includes the province of Galilee, Nazareth, Capernaum is is ruled by the Roman Empire and run by the temple in Jerusalem. Now, most of the people are poor, working-class fishermen and farmers. The living conditions are really bad. The ruling class, that's the high priest and the Pharisees, all of those in charge, have not been treating the working class that fairly. These people are in their own kind of exile, not necessarily geographically, but their exile cut off from prosperity and justice. And on top of that, Everybody in this region, rich and poor, is in horrible spiritual exile because they've all lost sight of God and they don't know Jesus. And that is my definition of sin. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on Giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on Giving. Thank you. God bless you. Sin, being exiled, cut off from God. Not knowing Jesus. Either we have never known Jesus or we too easily lose sight of Jesus. And either way, it takes us away from where we should be and places us on the brink, away from righteous behavior, righteousness, away from fairness and justice. And most importantly, we are pulled away from experiencing 
a living Jesus. That's the saddest part. We don't know what love is when we're on the brink. Spiritual exile, disconnected from that which we need most. Disconnected from something, though we may not be able to articulate it, we long for most. I have always believed that whether you know Jesus or not, whether you consider yourself a religious person or not, you long for Jesus. You long for the love and mercy of God. You long for grace. I believe that in my heart, that people who say they have no interest in Christianity still long in the depths of their being for grace. And when you are out there and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you are on the brink. Now, I use the term brink because even then, God could pull the plug on you and let you just fall. But he always calls us back. Grace calls us back. The Greek definition of repent means a change of heart. So what I'm saying is that when you're out on the brink, God's grace still calls at your heart. Repentance is the true beginning of this turning back to God. When you repent, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will come. He convicts us of sin. So when the Holy Spirit stirs our conscience, we're not only apologizing for our wrongdoing, we're going to turn away from our wrongdoing by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God. So repentance is saying I'm sorry, meaning I'm sorry, and then changing. The people in the region of Galilee where Jesus began his ministry might have understood it on a different level because they were familiar with the Hebrew Bible. They were familiar with the Moses laws and the Torah. They were most familiar with this term of repentance as something akin to returning from exile. That's why I'm talking about exile. God wants to pull you back from the brink. When you've lost sight of God and you have no personal relationship with Jesus, you are on the brink, but you can come back. Every miracle, every healing, every action that Jesus took brought somebody back from the brink. When he raised the dead daughter of Jairus, he brought her back from the brink. When he healed a man with a shriveled hand in the synagogue, he was taking on a system, pulling it back from the brink. When he took Matthew, the tax collector, to be one of his disciples, he was bringing him back from the brink. When he rebuked the wind and calmed the storm during the boat ride, he pulled his disciples back from the brink. Sin lures us to feel that we don't need Jesus. We're fine by ourselves. Or maybe we think because we repented when we first joined church, we don't need to think about any more change. But the concept of changing the heart is deep and difficult. That's because it's God who does the changing for us through the power of the Holy Spirit. If God changes my heart, then what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to submit to God. And that brings me to the last part in Jesus' proclamation. Believe the good news. Believing in the good news is not just accepting it as truth but trusting it. And if you have trouble trusting, just remember what God has done for you up until now. Remember all the ways he's pulled you back from the brink. Remember that time you were so sick you didn't think you were going to make it? 
or the time you thought your marriage was over, or the time you felt so much shame you didn't think God could forgive you. When that last breakdown turned into a breakthrough, remember who's responsible for it. God is the one who pulls us back from the brink. And I am so glad we serve such an amazing and wonderful God. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign.